Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Welcome in. It's episode 57 of Blue Jays Nation Radio, a little off-season edition. It's been a while, Coombsy. It's been a while. It has. How long has it been? It's been like two, three weeks. I feel like the last time we talked, what did we even talk about? What did even happen? I, don't, I honestly don't remember. I remember you did an episode with BK where you guys just talked yep. shit about me for like 60 seconds off the bat we in the made intro. Fun of you for more than 60 seconds. It was like 45 minutes. We didn't even talk about baseball. We just made fun of you. That I turned on the episode. I heard you guys being like, Tyler hates baseball. And I just turned it right off. I was like, yeah, I don't need to listen to this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what everyone does when they turn on uh, the podcast. <laughs> just turn that, it off that's immediately. Also They're like, why am I subscribed to this? Why does it keep coming into my... Yeah. Anyways, uh, podcast brought to you by DoorDash. As always, BJ and Pod DD gets first-time users of the app, twenty-five percent off, and no delivery fees. Um, let's dig into this off-season. The what we've had over the last couple of weeks, and I think the best way to handle this is just to kind of go in chronological order. Um, and we'll start, I guess, with Stephen Matz leaving the Blue Jays, going to the Cardinals. Um, not surprised, really, that he opted to leave. Um, I mean, maybe a little, but I mean, at the end of the day, the guy's chasing the money, right? You can't really blame him. And the Jays made an offer. He decides to go to St. Louis. I'm not like upset that Steven Matz isn't coming back though. No, definitely not the end of the world. I think probably the more interesting thing to consider now with Steven Matz. And I mean, this feels like this happened five months ago, given like all the other events that have happened in the off season. This feels like ages ago. But the more interesting thing to talk about with Steve Matz now, I guess, in hindsight, that we have a whole bunch of time to talk about nothing is whether the Jays would have been smart to give him a qualifying offer because he wound up getting a deal like I think the prediction was kind of the Jay Hap contract, right? 12 million annual or 12 million a year, three years, but he ends up getting that fourth year. So I mean, if that's what teams viewed Steven Matz as being worth, then maybe he would have declined the qualifying offer and the Jays could have had themselves another draft pick. Yeah, I mean that that certainly is a conversation worth having. They ended up getting two comp picks in in the deals for Semyon and Ray as well. So I mean a third would have been just fine. So that that is a fair point to uh bring up and now they got to get to work on replacing him because I mean you're not like you're not penciling in Nate Pearson to a season long rotation spot. That's not happening. So you're going to go with Gosman and then you're going to go Manoa, Barrios. I know I'm just, I'm saying them in whatever order. Then you got Ryu and you're going to need someone else into this mix here. And maybe we'll touch on some candidates a little bit later. But the second piece of news we got in the off season was Marcus Semien 
holy shit, $175 million. That was the first thing that came out of my mouth. I was like, wow, that guy got paid on a big deal to go to Texas with the Rangers. They end up spending like what, half a billion dollars on their middle infield. Insane. Um, Like Semyon had a great season, obviously MVP candidate, but that's a lot for a 31 year old middle infielder. It is. Yeah. I mean, they, they dropped 600 mil on Semyon and Corey Seager. And I think, I mean, it sucks to see Marcus Semyon go, but it, it's not at all shocking. The Jays wouldn't do seven years, given the fact they, you know, mm-hmm. just did a huge contract with George Springer last off season. They, you know, need to sign pitchers. They have Bowen Vlad. They're going to become expensive soon. That's a whole other thing because their free agency can change completely based on this CBA. So they could be paying those guys quicker than we expect. So it's not at all shocking to see the Jays didn't go ahead and do a deal with Semi. And I mean, we really don't know who they're going to replace Semyon with. I think it's more likely it comes through a trade, but I mean, that's yet to be seen. Um, the, 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 the kind of positive thing about Semyon here, and I mean, maybe I'm trying too hard to look for a positive, but this is kind of what came to mind when it ra- randomly ended up being Texas signing him is like, at the very least, the Rangers suck. Even after signing both those guys, they're still terrible. Like there was a mock lineup of theirs getting posted and it just looks like, okay, this team loses a game nine to two and both Seager and Semyon have hit like back-to-back home runs. Like that's what they look like. They just look bad. So on the positive side, at least Semyon didn't go to a team that the Jays are competing with, right? At least he didn't sign with the fucking Yankees. That's the one positive we can gain here. And that was the big positive for me out of the Ray thing as well. Like with both these guys, the Jays got their pick. It sucks. They lost the player, but like, I wasn't holding my breath that Marcus Semyon was going to be back with the blue Jays. I didn't think it was going to happen. I mean, we, we would talk about this during the season and we both kind of said like, unlikely this guy's back. Robbie Ray was a little bit of a, a bigger surprise, but even then you kind of just started to get the sense as free agency went along that, and especially as the Jays started getting linked to some other guys, Kevin Gosman being one that the Ray deal wasn't even really going to happen. And the Jays were going to let both these guys go and get the picks. Yeah. Well, as soon as the Jays signed Gosman, we all knew Ray was gone. Yeah, there was no oh, yeah. way. And I mean, Ray and Gosman are very similar. I mean, Ray's the, the guy that has more flash because we know who he is. And because he just won the Cy Young, whereas Gosman, you know, he finished sixth in Cy Young voting in the National League. No one pays attention to the San Francisco Giants here, so no one really knows anything about him. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the thing with Gosman is he's pretty much identical to Ray. They're both, you know, they're the same age. They're, they both were kind of reclamation projects recently, figured it out. Gosman's also a two-pitch pitcher. The key difference is that Ray strikes a lot of guys out, whereas Gosman uh, doesn't walk as many guys and limits home runs. The home run thing could also be because he was pitching in San Francisco. But again, like end of day, like it's pretty realistic that this isn't at all a downgrade from Robbie Ray and the Jays went ahead and got themselves a compensatory draft pick. So like that's positive. I mean, going from Gosman to Ray is completely fine. The 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 thing now is figuring out how they're going to replace Marcus Semyon. And that's that's definitely not an easy thing to do because I mean, let's be real here. Even if you would just re-sign Marcus Semyon, and you might not be replacing what you got out of him in 2021, like he might never have a season that good again. Like it's a tall task to figure out how to get those, what was it? 46 home runs again. Yeah, like it's going to be, I mean, it's, it's not going to be easy. Well, and and now I love that point you made about even if you brought back Semyon, you might not replace Marcus Semyon. And it was the same thing with Robbie Ray as well, right? Like everyone all of a sudden is just saying like, yep, Robbie Ray, Cy Young winner. And it's like, okay, there's no guarantees Robbie Ray has another Cy Young season. Like 
that's that's a big concern going into next year is that this team had a great regular season. They just missed out on the playoffs. They had the Cy Young winner and they had Marcus Semyon doing what he did, hitting nearly 50 bombs. And there's no guarantee you find that production anywhere. And it wasn't a guarantee even if you brought these guys back. Yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of, um, I'd say from our perspective as doing like content, it's kind of a positive for us. The Jays haven't gone ahead and replaced Semyon before the lockout because now we can speculate while yeah. there's nothing to talk about. But I mean, the Jays have been linked to fucking everyone. I mean, uh, Chris Taylor ends up re-signing with the Dodgers. He would have made all kinds of sense because he plays every position. Um, there's Chris Bryant talk now, you know, left-handed bat that can play third base. There's always been talk about Jose Ramirez from Cleveland trading for him. And then there's the completely random and out of the blue one, which was that the Jays are apparently interested in Freddie Freeman. And I've actually, I've actually heard, I don't know how accurate this is, but I've heard that Freddie Freeman was the one that approached the Jays as in regards to being interested to playing in Toronto. So that is kind of interesting, though. I mean, it's not really much of a rumor. It's more just um, uh, hearsay. Yeah, it's kind of just like, you know, the the guy reporting, it's been right on a few things, but this seems like very out of the blue. But yeah, it's super out of the blue, especially considering the season Vladdy had at first base. It just feels like Vlad was so comfortable in that spot. Why would you want to risk disrupting that unless you plan on moving Freeman across the diamond? But like that doesn't make a ton of sense unless you plan on just like doing something where one of them DHs and one of them plays first base. But like, you know, then we get into the same debate we had at the deadline last year when it was like, oh, do you bring in Nelson Cruz? And it was like, well, then you really limit the way your lineup can work with all these talented hitters when you just plug up the DH spot. And I get it. Freddie Freeman is, you know, he's elite, right? He just won a World Series. He's really good. And yeah, maybe you do plug up that DH spot and and just play Vladdy and Freeman between first and the designated hitter next year. Um, But I think the best fit for me, I'll say fits. If you're going to go the free agent route, it's Bryant, right? And if you're going to go the trade route, it's Ramirez. And those are the two slam dunk would make your team better. Could maybe, maybe give you the Marcus Semyon type production. I I know neither neither of them are hitting 46 home runs next year, but they could get your lineup to that level that you had with Semyon, I think. Yeah, at the very least they offer, I think another key reason why the Jays weren't particularly keen on offering Semyon the money that they needed to to keep him around was... The Jays really need to diversify their lineup. I mean, the, the yeah. top of that lineup was lethal, obviously. Springer, Sammy, and Bo, Vlad, Teoscar. Like, that's a ridiculous top five. But all five of them are the exact same guy. They're right-handed, and they, you know, hit for power. You need to sprinkle in something different there. You need to get, you know, Jose Ramirez is a different profile. He, you know, walks significantly more. He's more of a contact hitter. He, you know, he sees more pitches. He's that kind of batter. And then, you know, there's Chris Bryant, who's a lefty. The Jays' number one lefty right now is what? Reese McGuire, like <laughs> there's, 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 I mean, there's no lefties in that lineup whatsoever. So like adding Chris Bryant would be, you know, it'd be fantastic, obviously, but I guess we'll see. We'll, we're going to be able to speculate about this for like how many months, six, eight, 10, 12, 16. Is there ever going to be baseball again? It is both hilarious and depressing to go to MLB.com and see that like nothing's there. Like you go to the Blue Jays website and the top story on the Jays website is the Manfred letter. And then after that, it's shit about them winning the World Series in the 90s. And you're like, what's going on here? All the players have changed their or not all of them. A bunch of players have changed their Twitter avatars to like a generic whatever face that you would see in like MLB the show for a created player. Like it's 
it's super weird. The lockout officially started. It's not surprising. Like people that were acting like, oh, it's it's huge. I can't believe this is here. Like you clearly haven't been paying attention over the last like two years when this stuff gets talked about. Um, I'm still hopeful that they'll get something done. I, I think the fact that so many owners were were willing to commit big money in free agency tells me that they think there'll be a season and that they'll be able to make money next year. So I like I just don't think they'll run the risk of having an a an abbreviated year or missing a whole year. I I just I have a I have a feeling this thing will get done by opening day. Yeah, let's hope so. I mean, you and I have lived through so many lockouts now because we're NHL guys. We've, yeah. you know, we lost a whole season there in 2004 or five. That was a huge game changer for the NHL. It resulted in the implementation of the salary cap. It, you know, changed lots and lots and lots of things about that league. And then there was another one, uh, half of 20, what, 12, 13 got cut. And then, uh, so we've already lived through like a season and a half gone missing. Whereas MLB, they haven't had one since the nineties, but the hope is that no games get lost, but I don't know if I share the same sentiment as you. I think really? the two sides are so, so, so far apart. I think the players are so, so, so unhappy with the condition they have currently. And there's so many different layers of issues that they have with the way that uh, the bargaining agreement has been over the past few years. Like this has been bubbling forever since, I mean, the past, like what, like, was it six, seven years ago that the first real service time manipulation thing happened? It was yeah. Bryant with the Cubs and that kind of brought it into the forefront. And then, you know, we had one here with Vladdy, like everyone seems to have one pretty much. And then there's again, the issues with free agency. When can guys become free agents? That's an interesting one for pretty much teams everywhere. Like the Jays, for example, we could, if it goes the player's way, we could find out all of a sudden that Teoscar Hernandez is an impending free agent. Um, Bo and Vlad could be free agents a year earlier. Like you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, the owners are going to have to make a pretty big concession for the players, I think. So uh, I just expect this to be like a very long, drawn out, ugly battle. It's never fun. I mean, yeah, you mentioned like the hockey lockouts that we've both been through and there's oh. nothing, there's nothing just more annoying than having to listen to like, the billionaires squabble with the millionaires. And then you got the reporters outside of some random legal office in whatever city in the U S like doing their hits throughout the next, however many months it'll be being like the two sides met for 36 minutes today. And it was not positive. And then oh, we God. get that for like a week. It's just going to suck. It's all going to suck. Yesterday. Apparently the meeting was seven minutes and they just packed it up. It, I, don't, like, I, I mean, I've never been a part of a CBA negotiation, but I don't even understand like how that works. Like what? So they do their like little like, hello, how's it going? Yep, yep, yep. And then what? They each throw something back and forth and are like, well, fuck you. We're out of here. Like, how does that yeah. happen? I don't. I don't know. It's it's uh, so abstract to think about because there's so many different issues and it affects so many different things. Like, I mean, like, again, circling back to the situation about when players become free agents, like how would you, how are you then going to negotiate with, you know, their teams are going to be upset that they're suddenly going to have a key player hitting free agency quicker than expected. Like, how do you go about, do you grandfather this in? Is it going to affect right away? Like, it almost seems to me, given that the issues that exist, um, this does kind of remind me of 2004 or 5 for the NHL. The NHL was so fucked in the early 2000s. There was you know, teams had issues with each other because there was only like six or seven teams that were ever competitive. That's kind of what it's like in major league baseball. Now there's so few teams spending or even trying, and that's a huge problem. And then, you know, there's, there's still the issue with all the players. Like they want to be able to choose their teams quicker. They don't want to be, you don't want to be tied to the Pittsburgh fucking pirates until you're 32. Like 
it's 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 so complicated. But I do think there's a couple things. Um, the fact that the 2020 season pretty much got wiped due to COVID and players and owners both saw like a pretty significant loss there would mean that I don't think anyone's particularly keen on missing any games in 2022. Um, and I also think a different thing we're going to see this time around then with negotiations in the past, especially for baseball, is that I think the media now leans more on the side of the players. I think uh, with like the advent of like Twitter and Reddit and more kind of new age, new media. Fans have a bigger discussion. voice. Yeah, fans have a bigger voice. And I think fans are more pro-labor. Uh, in the past, it was always the narrative like, oh, like you're getting paid millions of dollars to play a fucking sport. But I think just given the conditions of the world, people are significantly more like anti-billionaire class. And we can all kind of see that if you're not paying the players, well, then who's making the fucking money? Like, yeah. you know, you 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 get all this cash because the players, we, we tune in to watch them, right? So fucking pay them yeah so i i think that's a difference than what we've seen in the past i mean like the i wasn't around in the 90s but i know it was like very anti-player in the 90s people were very angry about these guys being greedy but it's the it's the ownership class that's the ones being greedy here really yeah um there's gonna be all these weird little you know like you said service time and all of that and uh, and probably a lot of things that casual fans won't care about that they're bickering about in the cba and maybe I'm putting you on the spot about this because we didn't talk about it before, but um, what do you think are some things or what are some things you're hoping come from this that you think will actually like improve the sport and could maybe make it like more appealing to a casual fan? Like I'm seeing the changes to like the way the playoffs work. And we're talking about maybe seven teams from each league get in the players, maybe want six teams from each league. And that's something where I'm like, Hey, if you make your postseason and your playoff race more exciting and you make the playoffs even a little bit more attainable, that could defer, deter some teams from wanting to tank, right? That could get teams wanting to be more competitive in spending. Like that's one thing I look at and go, okay, that's something that I think could immediately improve the sport in the next few months and in the next year, once it gets going. Um, what about you? Is there something you're looking at being like, I really want this to come out of the CBA negotiations? Yeah, I'm the same way as you. I think ultimately what we need is more teams trying and mm -hmm. I'm kind of in I'm kind of in the middle because I think one way is definitely having a um, a salary cap floor. Like everyone talks about, yeah. baseball needs a salary cap like hockey. Well, no, they need a salary cap floor to ensure that teams are, you know, actually like fielding something somewhat competitive. I mean, you have the Baltimore Orioles now, and their payroll is significantly less than, less than Max Scherzer's yeah. year average. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Like they're not even trying to win. They're talking about potentially trading Cedric Mullins, and he isn't even into arbitration yet. Like that's stupid. But um, yeah, the playoff thing is interesting because you open up the field and then it's like the NHL and the NBA. There's significantly more parity. There's more teams in the mix. More teams are trying. It's more exciting. But then you also have shitty teams in the playoffs. And that kind of sucks. Like the, the proposal they put out, uh, MLB apparently put out, involves seven teams uh, or seven teams per league. So 14 yeah. total. The top team in each league gets a buy. And then the two division winners get to pick which of the wildcard teams they get to play, which is kind of fun. But I mean, then you go back and you look at which teams would have actually been in the playoffs and you have a bunch of teams with like 77 wins from the past few years, like sliding in. I mean, this year it would have been sick because the Jays would have played the Yankees and then uh, the Jays, Red Sox and Yankees all would have been in. That would have been a blast. So that would have been fun. But I mean, the challenge with baseball is your season is so long. And yeah. everyone makes the playoffs, half the league makes the playoffs. And it's like, geez, what are we watching here? Like <laughs> 162 yeah. games to figure out, 
who gets a fucking buy, who gets to have a few days off, who gets to go cold. Like that's another problem right there too, is if you, your team's off for like four or five days during the wildcard round, then you're, I don't know if you're necessarily at an advantage, like the rest is great, but I mean, I'm kind of rambling here, but I, I, I think there's a better way to do the playoff thing than just adding a whole bunch more teams. But I don't know. That would be the key for me. Um, I don't really care about the universal DH at all. Everyone seems to think National League Baseball is terrible. I disagree personally. I think it's a really funny gimmick that the leagues are different. So yeah. I, mean, I, I couldn't care less, but that seems like an inevitability. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the one. I think the salary cap floor is the key thing. Get like demand teams actually try because having this many Baltimore Orioles and Pittsburgh Pirates and X, Y, and Z is a joke. If they're going to, if that if that's how they're going to exist, then don't have thirty teams in the league. If you're if you're too broke to exist, then don't exist. I was actually just about to bring up the opposite, and I'm wondering what role expansion might play in this. And I mean, if you're the owners and you can get someone who wants to put a team in Vegas, someone who wants to put a team in Montreal, maybe someone name the whatever spots we always hear about, right? If you're sitting there and you're the owners and and maybe a part of this is they sit down and agree like, hey, we're going to fast track expansion because the owners want a big paycheck. You know, mm-hmm. hockey got 600 million for its franchises um, or around that number. If you're baseball, you're probably getting more than that for your expansion teams. Yeah. And if you're the players, even if those two teams only want to spend, let's say, 100 million a piece on their payroll. Yeah, well, that's an extra 200 million. And that's also an extra 50 jobs that are going to guys that wouldn't be in the league, would be in the minors, whatever. That's two more teams who are going to be potentially in bidding wars in free agency and all of that stuff. So I wonder if expansion might come out of this. And we might hear once the CBA is done that, yeah, baseball's getting ready and they're getting serious about adding teams 31 and 32. It would make sense. I think that it would, would keep both sides happy and it would bring more money to the table. Yeah, that was always one of the positive things the NHL had going for them uh, with the COVID seasons. I mean, 2019-20, the playoffs got wiped and there was no gate revenue during the bubble playoffs. They made something on the TV money. Uh, and then last season, it was shortened down to you know half the size of the season. Most of the games were played without fans. But the positive thing for the NHL was is the Kraken, as you said, signed a $600 million check that the owners got to share. So that helped compensate for a lot of the cash. So, I mean this actually could circle around and end up being a negative because if major league baseball on the horizon sees two ownership groups that are willing to write a billion dollar check to have a team pop into the league in the next few years, then the owners are going to be more comfortable having perhaps a full season lockout. Right. I mean, I don't know, like the NHL, man, it was really bad when they had that lockout. They, they lost a lot of fans. It was really bad for the league. And it took them a very long time to rebound. I don't think baseball could, could handle it because, I mean, let's be real. Like baseball's popularity is declining so much. Them losing a whole season would just open up the door for something else to become the thing that people watch in the summer and what they yeah. do in the summer. But people still, aren't like, just going to sit. If there's no baseball, baseball fans aren't just going to sit on their hands and be like, ah, oh, no. shucks, I'll go for a walk. Else. They'll find well, something else and a portion of them will fall in love with something else. Like yeah, that will happen. MLS, something, something different. Uh, MLS, different college sports. I don't know. Go start watching the fucking CFL. I have no idea. But like the problem is, is that the owners for as intelligent as they are to become the wealthy individuals, they are kind of stupid and lack foresight and self-awareness. And I don't think they realize just how unpopular baseball is becoming. Um, I mean, 
the, the whole yeah. the whole bickering and grief uh, between these two sides right now, given the world's condition, is like so gross to read about. Like, <laughs> there's yeah. so many much there's significantly more problems in in the world, and it's just like, man, we just want to watch a fucking sport and have a distraction, and you guys can't even go ahead and bang that out. It's just infuriating. So baseball really shouldn't allow themselves to lose any of the season, but knowing Major League Baseball, they probably will. Yeah. Um, just, uh, just continue. Uh, do you want to, you want to keep going lockout or do you want to, you want to switch things up? You want to get positive again? Yeah, you want to talk about, about something positive? This is yeah. Bleak. Yeah. Like it's, I'm just sitting here and I'm like, man, this sucked for like the last 15 minutes. Oh. You and we're rambling about like CBA nonsense, but let's dig into what, let's say blue sky scenario. It's January 25th and Jeff Passner, Ken Rosenthal sends out a tweet that we've been waiting for. And they go, the, the players union and the league are getting close to an agreement should be done in the next few days. And we go, all right, let's talk some baseball. Let's put ourselves in that position for the Jays. We talked Bryant, we talked Ramirez. They need to get another um, starting pitcher in the mix here. What else do you think that they, what else do you think they could be in the mix for? Do you think well, they're so going to go spend big money on a reliever? Uh, I don't think so, honestly. Like, if you kind of no. look at, you know, they added Yimi Garcia. That's not particularly yeah. exciting, but a lot of the reliever spots are kind of accounted for. I mean, you have Jordan Romano, Tim Meza, now Yimi Garcia. You have uh, Simber and Richards. Like, that's already five spots right there. They have um, David Phelps coming back on a minor league deal. There's Julian Merriweather's out of options. If he's healthy, he's going to be on the mix. Nate Pearson might be a reliever. Like, that really where they're going to go spend their cash like the bullpen wasn't that bad after they got simber and richards it was mostly just early season stuff yeah. like i expect that to be kind of the end of the off season thing like who's left over let's go find a reliever but i just don't see them throwing big cash at like say kenley jansen yeah. i i see them throwing big cash at a position player perhaps another starter but i don't i don't see them doing it with the bullpen personally I was reading an article in the athletic uh, about the best remaining free agents kind of in each spot. And Carlos Rodon came up as uh, as the best starting pitcher. Is that a fit? Or do you think it's more like I saw they were connected to like Kikuchi? Yeah. The, I mean, the, the starting pitching options went pretty fast. I mean, the, the, a bunch of the guys just like, it's like at this point, it's pretty much, there's not many like names left. So this might be one of those situations where they have to go and, answer the question via trade. Like you, we've talked quite a bit in the past about Oakland being like the perfect match. Oakland's ready to be terrible again and blow it all up. So the Jays can fix their third base problem with Matt Chapman yeah. and then go and get one of their many good starting pitchers. Cleveland, same thing. Jose Ramirez just dish out a bit more and get like fucking Shane Bieber, something like that. Like it, and then there's the Marlins too. Another one of those teams that they just need to add bats so badly because they don't have a single good hitter on their roster. They have all kinds of good young pitching Cincinnati. Again, good pitching there too. I think it's more likely it comes via trade this time because then you also have a guy that um, there's just a longer period of control. And then just like we saw with Jose Barrios, you get him here in the mix and then you can sign the extension because he's familiar with the environment, likes playing here, blah, blah, blah. I think that is probably more likely because I also think the Jays don't want to sign a guy that was qualified because I think they want those comp picks because as the team gets more expensive in the coming years, Bo and Vlad sign their deals and they're going to need to have more cheap guys coming up that they've drafted. So the more darts you can throw at the board, the better. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, the comp picks were exciting there for that, for that exact reason, you know, there's going to be a point where they need 
good young players that they can bring up from AAA and that can contribute immediately at the major league level. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, it'll just suck that we have to like sit here on our hands and be like, hmm, wonder how many more months until we can finally talk about the Blue Jays doing something. Um, but I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. At least, they did, at least they did something, right? At least they've at least they, they've left us with narratives to think about. We can sit here and obsess about Gosman versus Ray. We can sit here yeah. and obsess about who's going to replace Semyon. We mm. can obsess about Vladdy Jr.'s younger brother who's 15 and looks like a 25-year-old man. Maybe they're <laughs> going to sign him next summer. I don't know. Like That'd be cool. We can get all worked up about that. The other thing I saw floating around on Twitter is... Uh, because we've seen like the players are wiped from MLB.com, but they're Mm -hmm. still selling player jerseys. Now that could get interesting because I mean, Christmas is coming up. People still want jerseys of their favorite players. Don't you worry, Cam, because our friends at the sports closet, they don't care about the lockout. They have blue Jays jerseys on their website, sportscloset.ca. Get it before Christmas. They will ship to you. Um, yeah, check them out. Sportscloset.ca. Also, if you're shopping for someone in your life who's maybe not a sports fan, twiggyberries.ca promo code nation15 gets you 15% off. And that is how our podcast is helping our listeners do their Christmas shopping by giving them plugs to two places that we absolutely love shopping at. You're coming back up to Edmonton. You're coming to see me soon, right? I am. Yes, I am jumping on a plane on December the 14th. I will be back for Christmas. We can go skate around at the outdoor rink and have winter fun. That will be a lot of fun. That will be a lot of fun. Maybe we'll do an in-person BJN radio as yes. well and, and do something we, like that. We, we don't even talk about baseball because nothing's happening. We'll just talk about other stuff. Our new office is right on top of a bar. So maybe we'll do that. We'll, we'll get a couple we'll wobblies brought up. Bevrogenos. Yes. And we'll, uh, and we'll talk about, talk about the blue Jays, talk about how the labor negotiations are going. We'll bring in a lawyer. We'll get him to break down and no, we're absolutely not fucking doing that, no, but we'll no, just talk more blue no. Jays at that point. Yeah, we'll 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 talk a little bit of a lockout as the bullshit happens and the yeah. slander comes in from both sides, mostly the owner's side. They're going to slander the players relentlessly mm-hmm. and make us hate them because they make so much money. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll find things to talk about. It'll be fun. Yeah. It will be fun. Um, until then, though, this has been episode 57 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. Coomzy, safe travels. Enjoy the holiday season. We'll chat soon. That's what it Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all 
Nile body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.